right, welcome to another podcast edition of the White Collar Crimes Podcast. I am the host, Ryan Horn, and I am so glad to have you here, as always. Lots of exciting stuff going on here, as you know. We've uh, kept up on, we like to have a good balance on here of some educational podcasts and then some that are on developing cases, things that are going on right now in the world of scams and white-collar crimes. And this episode's going to be something that's on a new development that's happening You may not have heard a lot about it. I'm really kind of surprised there hasn't been more media coverage on this than there is. But this is going to cover a case that is currently undergoing, as I said, where the Cashflow podcaster has been arrested. So we are going to cover on this podcast a episode about a podcaster who is involved now in a Ponzi scheme, a white-collar crime. The name of the podcast is the Cashflow Podcast, as I said. I had not heard of it before hearing this story in the news and doing a little research on it for this episode, but nonetheless, it is out. Uh, Matt, I think it's Motil, I believe I'm pronouncing this correctly. If not, we will get it corrected in any future updates on it, but he was the self-described, quote, cash flow king and he was arrested in a recent ponzi scheme being charged with running a ponzi scheme now i always like to explain i know you get probably those of you who heard it a million times that have been listening to this for a while but i know a lot of times we have new people tune in and listen and it's always good to know what a ponzi scheme is you hear that term thrown around a lot i think most people have a good general idea what it is but a ponzi scheme is really a simple concept on a scam you simply take money from investors promise insane results and you use that money for yourself you don't invest it you furnish your lavish lifestyle and whatnot and as long as you have new investors coming in you can use some of their money to pay off your old ones but the problem is when the new investors stop and you have no new money coming in to pay the old ones the system collapses charles ponzi was a an italian immigrant that did this back in the day over a hundred years ago and that formula has helped countless scammers and continues to to this day i dare say if not a majority pretty close to it of the cases we cover on this podcast are cases that involve some form of a ponzi scheme and that's what's being alleged in this case and i do want to point out what everything in this case so far is just an allegation it's just what's being alleged there's nothing been proven in a court of law yet so that being said we will look into what actually is being said and we're able to do that and bring that to you because of one of our sponsors as i've said before we've recently been sponsored by the weekend angler youtube channel brought to you by my friend josh and we are glad to have him aboard and have him sponsoring this podcast so please check out his youtube channel all kinds of cool fishing tips and all kinds of other uh, good videos of him catching some fish and things like that very entertaining so definitely check that out now the cash flow podcaster he lives near cleveland ohio and his podcast was known as the cash flow king that was the name of the podcast Now, the SEC, that's, again, those of you that are new to this, that's the Security and Exchange Commission. They regulate Wall Street here in the United States, and they are charging him with running an $11 million Ponzi scheme, defrauding many listeners. I mean, it's not huge in the amount that we've covered with Bernie Madoff and some of the very recent other ones we've had. We've certainly covered podcast episodes with people that have 
scammed a lot more, but $11 million is still nothing to sneeze at. That is a very sizable Ponzi scheme in itself, and they are uncovering just how deep this is pretty much as we speak on this. Now, the scheme defrauded many of his listeners. He was displayed as a real estate, a real estate tycoon, supposedly flipping houses and making big money. And I know a lot of you have seen the reality shows that are out there where people are flipping houses, taking dilapidated properties, fixing them up, turning them for a profit. A lot of people do that. And if you have the skill and the, the know-how and good business marketing sense and things like that, you can make a lot of money doing this. I personally know some people who do forms of this, and it's a very profitable business for a lot of them. But that's not what was going on here, apparently. As I said, he was defrauding a lot of his investors. How was he doing that? Well, he encouraged listeners to buy promissory notes he said were backed by first mortgages on some Ohio homes. Now, he promised quick returns, and he would take their money, supposedly to renovate and resell the properties that he had bought with their money. Only problem is, he just took the money, apparently, what is being alleged, and did not flip the houses or renovate them or anything like what people were supposedly thinking. So the people that might have gotten their money back from this were just getting it back from money from new investors. Again, textbook classic Ponzi scheme. And how else is this like a textbook classic Ponzi scheme, you ask? Well, as I said, he promised big returns, and that's always a huge part of a Ponzi scheme. But for you out there that are trying to avoid being scammed, that is also something that is very big for you to watch out for. If the investment returns are ridiculous compared to a lot of other ones, and it's just bringing in an insane amount of money for no really unknown reason why that's not really logically explainable. That should throw a red flag on it, and there is a strong likelihood that that is a Ponzi scheme that you may be trying to be tempted in or maybe yourself caught up in. So keep an eye out for it. Again, it's kind of cliched, but it really is true. If it sounds too good to be true, there's a very good chance that it is, and that's what apparently might be going on in this case. So we don't we know he didn't invest the money in the real estate as he promised. So what all did he or what all has he been alleged to invest in here? Supposedly he has been alleged that he used this for a nice lakeside mansion, probably I'm guessing Lake Erie there in the Cleveland area uh, or one of the great lakes there. And he uh I guess I'm assuming it's in Cleveland. It didn't necessarily say. Just in the story that I read, it said it was in a lakeside mansion. So right now, we'll assume it's in the Cleveland area. And courtside seats to the NBA's Cleveland Cavaliers. So that's that's pretty expensive in itself. Season tickets to any professional sports team is going to cost you a little bit of money. So he used it for some nice entertainment. And speaking of entertainment, as I've said before, we have developments going on that. We are in the works of launching a book very soon. Could be out by the time you even hear this for some of you. And it is going to be on how to spot a scammer, signs to look out for, very educational. And it's a very short and simple read, too, right to the point. I think a lot of you will love that. And uh, also, there's... uh, going to be a a YouTube channel. Check that out. I expect that to be out in the next couple weeks. Again, depending on when you're hearing that, that is in the works right now. We are getting that ready. It's very soon to launch. 
And I've also done some entertainment, as I said, and some audio books. Uh, one I recommend checking out on Amazon or Audible or any of them. It's called In Danger of Judgment. It's an audio book that I narrated. It's kind of a cloak and dagger story. It takes place with the Chicago PD. Really exciting book, so please check that out. And as always, check out my website, ryan-horn.com. And you can also be a guest on here or give me an idea for a show by emailing me at ryanhornvt at gmail.com. So lots of entertaining stuff going on. And as you know, speaking of entertainers, we had the Don of Khan on recently. And uh, he is going to be, he and I are going to be combining a bonus podcast. We are still going to keep our podcast. He has Scam Junkie. Of course, we have this one. And we will keep these separate, but once a week we will also be doing one together that will give you a bonus look. And with this is Steve Commissar, as you heard the Donna Khan on there and uh, recently. And we are going to combine, give you a bonus podcast to give you two perspectives in one show. Get a, a perspective from a con man and a law enforcement man such as myself. It's going to be very exciting entertainment and very informative. So please stay tuned. That is coming out very, very soon as well. Now, the SEC, they contend that he took in at least $3.7 million in some of the Ponzi scheme payments and spent about $1.6 million of that on personal items. Now, we already talked about a lakeside mansion again. I'm assuming it's at, if not one of the Great Lakes, it's in some lake up there in the Cleveland area. Don't know for sure. That's just what we're assuming here. And he uh, is also alleged to have spent some, as we talked about a second ago, on some entertainment as far as basketball season tickets. But he's also alleged to have spent thousands at Best Buy, Starbucks, and even taken care of some student loan payments. So a lot of personal stuff here. This was certainly not being invested on real estate that he was going to flip, turn a profit, and share that profit with his investors. Uh, Not at all, at least from what's being alleged here, is, is is what has happened. So... His wife, Amy, is also named in this complaint. And Amy is also alleged to have used some of this Ponzi scheme money. In her case, she is being alleged to have used this to pay off a $400,000 credit card debt. So, again, we've had very little evidence of any real estate being invested in, but a lot of personal stuff. I mean, student loans... Uh, Best Buy, Starbucks, I mean, that's a lot of coffee. I can't imagine blowing thousands or, you know, millions of dollars, whatever, at Starbucks. I mean, I like a good coffee as much as the next guy, but uh, I don't know about spending that much money unless he had some very large parties or something. I don't know. It's not been said, and it's not really said what all the $400,000 credit card debt covered, what was spent, but it was paid off through this scam what's being alleged again. Now, as I said, he promised the investors that he was buying these homes, but what the research found, what investigators are alleging they discovered, that none of these homes were valued at more than $130,000, and a lot of that may depend on where you're at. When you live in a rural area like I do in southern Illinois, you can buy a pretty decent home for $130,000. I don't know the real estate market in Cleveland, but I'm willing to guess and bet that $100,000 won't go this far for a home in an area like that. There's just most of the larger metropolitan areas here in the United States. It just simply won't. I know property in California is just absolutely obscene what it's going for right now. So I'm guessing these were not terribly nice homes is what's being alleged in this investigation. 
Now, what he is supposedly has been alleged to have told the investors is that they were getting first lien mortgages, meaning they would be paid once he sold the property. Again, he's promised this to his investors, but he's not uh, apparently following through with that. And what's apparent here is more the investigation comes forward and we'll find out more as it goes. But right now, it looks like this has all the fixings of a good Ponzi scheme. You got him taking the money in from the investors, promising the big returns, financing this for his own lavish lifestyle and, and maybe some stuff for his wife here. But in the end, the money's not coming back to the investors because there is no property being sold. Again, textbook classic Ponzi scheme, if that's what indeed holds up here. Now, we don't know all the evidence is not in yet. We uh, will note on this podcast that he is and his wife as well, they are presumed innocent until proven guilty in American courts. So right now, this is just a breaking story, and this is just what's being alleged. But what did happen, apparently, again, what's being alleged and, dis- and noted in this investigation is that when his scheme collapsed, he did end up filing bankruptcy to avoid paying back his creditors. And that can be frustrating. Wife and I have some personal experience from that. We have a rental property. A guy that I actually knew personally since my teenage years that thought would be a good tenant, I guess you could say, and uh, did not turn out to be at all. And in the wintertime when it's really hard to get somebody out and get them served and whatnot, he ended up getting about four or five months free of rent before we finally got him served and got him in court. And before we could have our day in court, he had already filed for bankruptcy and the debt got discharged in bankruptcy court. Now, he does have this on his record, of course. We did get a default judgment against him in court, but at the end of the day, he didn't have to pay us a penny because it was protected by the bankruptcy closing. So he ended up getting, about, like I said, four or five months free rent in a house we have. Very frustrating, and this is going to be no doubt frustrating to his investors that are not going to be able to likely get this money back. And sometimes that's one of the very frustrating things about these scams Sometimes you don't. Sometimes you do recover a little bit. I've mentioned before and mentioned to it when talking to uh, the Donna Khan that wife and I years ago were scammed in a penny stock little scheme and uh, we managed to get a little bit back through a receivership, but not very much. And uh, that was a very frustrating thing about it. And it kind of looks like that certainly runs the possibility here. Now, I don't know if the bankruptcy has been cleared and discharged yet, how much of it's legit how much they may not recognize. I guess uh, that will be something that will have to play out with the rest of this case as well. But unfortunately for the victims in this case, that may not, uh, they may not recover their money. And supposedly what they are also kind of really puzzled about is this was not a huge podcast. It's not one like uh, Joe Rogan or one of these ones that brings in millions possibly from all around the world this had supposedly a very small following so it's really they are kind of really baffled and maybe even a little bit amazed that somehow he was able to take in all this money again possibly up to 11 million dollars on this ponzi scheme so it he doesn't have a huge following but he was able to apparently at least what's contended in this case he is alleged to have been bringing in uh 11 million dollars without a whole lot of followers out there so don't know how he possibly did it but at least that's what's said has been done and most places in this country and throughout the world for that matter you can live pretty well 
for $11 million, especially if you're not having to spend a whole lot of time working for it. So, again, that's what's contended in this case. Uh, At this time, I do not have a word on when the upcoming next court date is, but this is a case just like the Murdoch case. We did a recent update on that. We've done some on the Sam Bankman-Fried case. We give updates on that when there's big developments in it. This is one we're going to follow on here, too, especially since it's about a fellow podcaster, about a, not really a rival, because this covers a completely different topic than this one does, but nonetheless, it is a podcast. And to my knowledge, this is the first podcaster to be charged with a white-collar crime, a Ponzi scheme like this. So could be a really interesting development. I don't know how it plays out, but we are going to certainly keep an eye out on this one. And like I said, keep an eye out on all of our developments coming up. The book, the YouTube channel, the bonus podcast with Steve Commissar, the Don of Khan, called The Con Man and the Cop. That's going to be awesome, folks. You really want to check that one out. And I highly recommend you tune in to that one. And I'm thankful you tune into this one. And I ask you to keep tuning into this one. Follow us on Spotify, Apple, wherever you are. Please give us a good, solid five-star rating. We need that. We need to grow this podcast. We're in the top 25 percentile. We want to be at least in the top 10 percentile very soon. And that only happens with your help and support. And as I always say, too, shop at your local pet shelter. Adopt your next best friend there. Wife and I have done it many times. We have four dogs and two cats. They're all from rescues. And it's been one of the most rewarding experiences of our lives. And as I say, too, on here, folks, please watch out for your family and friends. Uh, If they're into something that seems too good to be true, might want to throw that red flag up for them. And as I always say on here, and I'll say it again, please watch out for your elderly friends and family because they, sadly, are often the number one targets for these scams, and they are often the most victimized on these. And let's help prevent that from happening. So help us get the word out on this podcast. We want to educate the world because there are scammers out there everywhere. And these kind of cases, as I say over and over, they don't get near as much publicity as the blood and guts, serial killer, sensational type cases. But I dare say far more people are probably victimized by these types of crimes than actual street crimes or violent crimes. And most of you out there probably have a higher risk of being a victim from a crime like this than you actually do just a common type of street crime. So please stay alert and aware, folks, because these types of scams and scammers are everywhere. But again, we thank you that you have been a part of this, and we look forward to seeing you here next week and all the other cool things that we have going on. Follow our Facebook page too, folks. Lots of updates on there sometimes, the White Collar Crimes podcast. Anytime we have new developments, we'll have on that. And we always have bonus episodes come out anytime there's a big breaking story. So please stay ready for those as well. Well, We will see you next week, folks. God bless and take care.